out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live as always from various time zones around the United States. As always, I'm your host, Matt Folks, coming to you live from San Diego, California. Joined this evening by two of my incredible co-hosts, uh, just separated by a few thousand miles or so. First in New York City from the New York Foxes, Mr. Jason Becker. What's up, my man? Oh, man, it's a good week. The GOAT scores a couple of goals. The Leicester win big. A, a hockey NHL all-star break is over. Oof. Good times. Good times over here, man. I got to say. What were your thoughts on that all-star game? The jerseys, the Bieber. The, oh, my God, bro. It they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, man. Like, the anyone who's interested in this, like, check out, like, all-star games from like that late 80s and the early 90s and they had it it was perfect it was yeah. perfect yeah the hardest shot contest i mean fastest skater it's not that hard to figure out the shit that we want to watch but this what they're coming up with now and you know just injecting celebrities into every aspect of it is just it's too much for me so yeah i mean i don't need to hear about michael buble tripping on mushrooms, mushrooms. For like <laughs> years, but it was very so this must that must mean like complete nonsense to anyone listening and you know what that's kind of what the whole video was. was. Yeah, that's very appropriate. Um, but yeah, someone who's not tripping on mushrooms this evening, uh, joining us up in Del Mar, California, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, buddy? Mate, um, it's Leicester weather at the minute in San Diego, isn't it? I know. It's absolute I know. crazy. Like, I was... it's, it's been three days now of just gray skies and rain. So, um, Seeing you boys brings a little bit of light to my life at this moment in time. But it makes me laugh about these all-star games and such. I'm, I know there was a few years ago they talked about having a Premier League all-star game. And at that point, I was just so grateful that it hadn't... A lot of things do come across the pond. And a lot of things come across the pond and benefit the UK. But the all-star game is one of those things that I could attest, I could attest of watching a few of them now. I'm glad that it's only on this side of the pond because... Good Lord, you're right, boys. It's absolute drubbins, isn't it? It really is. Uh, Todd Bowley is listening. How are you guys doing, by the way? Is it okay over there? Because I know you're getting crazy rain that you never get. I've been, here, I've been reading about mudslides, et cetera. <laughs> What's it like by you guys? You guys safe? It's fine, man. It really hasn't been much. I mean, we've had flooding and stuff, but yeah, bless everyone that's reached out to me. But it is it is hilarious to see how Californians react to just a little bit, bit of rain. It's uh, it's been nuts. The 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 waves right by me have been pretty much the the real story of how big they they have been. Um, our pier has been uh, the Ocean Beach Pier, which is right out my window. It got absolutely destroyed and they're going to have to demolish it it looks like the waves were so big that it actually ripped out a concrete pier off of there and it's ripped off all the siding and stuff so that part is sad but uh it's not nearly what you know the media is making it out to be apparently because my mom calls me in a panic uh every morning you know <laughs> just convinced that i've been washed into the pacific <laughs> what do you think chris about it though yeah I, I mean for folks back home it's probably equivalent of like a a medium shower i really i, yeah. I think uh, you bang on i think the other thing as well is that they um they love to cause us a, a fuss about it hitting the whole of southern california without necessarily realizing for the folks in the uk southern california pretty much spans the north to south of yeah. england yeah. and so 
it it yeah it just doesn't make any sense but um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to thursday when the sun is supposed to shine again because it's just after a while and there's a reason why i left the uk and the gray skies and rain <laughs> was definitely up there in those reasons i gotta ask because matt when you were just talking about what was going on I, like you're looking out your window like yeah is that the ocean like right there yes yeah oh. Yeah, I'm blessed. Not gonna lie, Liz, but yeah. I'm turning off my video. <laughs> Chris can attest. It's uh yeah, it's not yeah, a bad it's not a bad view. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty good. That's awesome, but, dude. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. But being Southern California, we certainly paid for it. So uh it's they're they're trying every year to run us out with higher and higher rent. So I don't know how much longer we'll have the view. So you need to come visit soon, Jason. All right. Well, it's going to happen. And just anyone listening to just rem- just always remember that for those uh, regular kickoffs on Saturdays, those are seven o'clock in the morning and an early kickoff is 4 a.m. out there. So, you know, these, these <laughs> boys are paying for it in more ways than one to get those. Views. That's that's true. We call it we, we, we like to say about the San Diego Foxes. Our little tagline is uh, the Leicester City Dawn Patrol. And for those of you that aren't familiar with surfing lingo uh the dawn patrol are the first surfers that are out in the morning in the water usually before the sun is long before the sun is up and they're catching those first waves of the day so san diego foxes are lester city dawn patrol so yeah we definitely put in the work and we love our 7 a.m starts no complaints about those but uh the 430s you know they are what they are the only reason i really don't like them is because we can't uh we don't have a bar that opens up early enough for us um but other than that, we've learned to uh, we've learned to adapt, haven't we, Chris? We have, yeah. It's uh, no, I mean, uh, it's you get. I think the, you get used to it, don't you? I think that's the the funniest thing, like you said about the dawn patrol, is the weirdest thing is you have to go into the pub with a coat on and you wrapped up warm because the sun hasn't come out yet. And then by the time we leave at like nine thirty, the sun is just shining, and then you're moaning at yourself, <laughs> "Why did I wear so many layers?" Because it's back to shorts and t-shirt weather. Yeah, and then we go to we go to take our uh, our our little group photo every week with the San Diego Foxes, and there's always like two or three of us that are bitching because they forgot to put their sunglasses in their pocket in the morning, <laughs> yeah. and now they're squinting into the sun for the team photo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, uh, it was like a great busy week. Uh, ended with a, a great result, but before that, we we wanted to dive into some of the stuff that started. Uh, or took off right after we uh, ended the pod last week. Uh, of course, if unless you've been living under a rock, you now know that the um, Cincy transfer that seemed like such a done deal. I don't know. Has anyone heard from Fabrizio Romano since he, you know, this fell through because he was he was all about it. Uh, but apparently, last minute things fall through. We do not sign the young man from Inter. And uh, yeah, I, where do you even want to start? I'll start with you, Jason, on this one. Um, just kind of pathetic on so many levels, uh, whether you're talking about Rudkin, whether you're talking about not having things um, lined up and ready. I, where, where do you go from here, bud? Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm not mourning the loss of a player we never had. And um, although Sensi is a fine player, I think would have been just a, a ridiculous signing at this level. Um, my, I guess my frustrations are not that we don't have him. It's just like, 
how did this not go through? Why was this so much more complicated than than it needed to be uh, for a player that's out of contract at the end of this year? That you know, for you know, we're just looking for a nominal fee, and we had been linked with this player for the whole window. Really had a month to get this done, and you know, it sounded like we flew the play, flew him over, and everything. And so that something just doesn't seem right there. And and what I'm worried about is that Enzo Maresca's expectations um, were very different than the reality of the window. And um, suddenly the story changed and we had to sell before we bought. bought but, you know, there was just nothing concrete about selling any player except KDH. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of felt like we were just standing around waiting to fluke into a sale so that the wheels can turn to sign Sensei. And that didn't happen. And a lot of left us in the last minute scrambling. And the deal turned out to be now way more complicated than we had planned, than we had thought it was going to be, and way more complicated than Inter thought it was going to be for, for a very straightforward transfer. Um, I think we'll be fine without him, but it just makes me worry a little bit about um, our manager and, and and his feelings about how things are, are being run around him. And it makes me worry a little bit that we're going to go into the next Premier League season and deal with some of the same issues that we've dealt with over the last few transfer windows. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you, and I think for me, the most I, I don't want anything that's reminiscent of Brendan Rodgers uh, with Enzo, and you can't help but no, feel like this is a little bit reminiscent. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody has answers. Do we need to sell somebody? Are we going to sell somebody? No, we don't need to sell somebody. Oh, never mind. We're not going to sign anybody if we don't sell. The lack of clarity is just maddening, and. We saw how Brendan handled that when he st- when he finally got to his tipping point with the frustration of the front office and the way he handled it. I just were I don't want us to get to that point uh, with Enzo now to see how he would handle it, Chris. Yeah, hundred percent agree, Matt. Um, look, last end of last season, we supposedly took this big assessment of identifying everything that went wrong last year. And what were the catalysts that caused us to get relegated? And, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to imagine that on that list would have been the issues around selling players, squad depth, wages, and transfers. And it feels like just a complete redo, as you said, of last season. There's just the disconnect between the manager and the business side of things, and in particular the transfer side, just seems as big as it was under Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you, Matt. I mean, Enzo, to his credit, came out after the Swansea game and said he didn't want to talk about the situation and kind of drew a line in the sand. But internally, we have no idea what that means in terms of his trust in people like Rudkin and ultimately his trust in the club to put together the vision that he has in the summer. And so, yeah, it's very, it's very worrying. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think the problem we also have is that I think we've already seen the 
top, his loyalty is with Rudkin. Like Rudkin runs multiple assets for King Power Group. He runs the Levin. He's got he works with the horses, I believe, as well. And so I just worry that it's going to become a cyclical a cyclical process where we just end up continually getting in this dilemma. And as for the the fact that we brought the player to to Seagrave only for it to fail just absolutely sucks and is just another great example of the mismanagement in the transfer process. We were like Fabrizio was reporting that the deal had been done a few weeks ago. And yes, obviously, according to the Tanner article, there were certain things that um, came into fruition that made it more difficult. But it just felt like throughout the window, it was a case of we needed to sell someone to bring somebody in. And it we just didn't have any bias for anyone. And it just makes you wonder again, how do we see these assets, i.e. the players? Like, do we actually ever think that they're depreciating across the course of a contract? Or do we still have these wild ideas that players like Ndidi with six months left on his deal are still worth 15 million? I have no idea, but it just, there were just so many fundamental questions that this brings up. And it's just so frustrating because the team are going out there performing we should be we're top of the league we should right. be excited by everything but at the same time these continuing questions about what's going on on the business side are, are having such a huge impact frustration i think is the key word there man because like you can if 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 we're frustrated imagine being enzo right now with this front office not only that he's got his own fans booing his ass when he's he's got this team performing through the roof, top of the league by uh, double-digit points. He's being booed at home. I, I'm just terrified that we're going to fuck around and piss him off, and and God knows what happens, Jason. Yeah, I think the other word, too, is that that Chris mentioned, which is key, is trust. You know, there needs to be trust on all sides between uh, the manager and the business side of things and the club and the, and the fans, too. I think that's all very important. And that, um, you know, for, for many, many years, uh, we knew that the club was in, in you know, in, in good hands and things were being run well. We were achieving things that were unthinkable. And now we're in a bit of, of a rough patch. And, you know, this is a really big opportunity for, um, for the club to show like, hey, look, we are rebuilding things in a important sustainable way now i will give the credit the club some credit in like being very strict about those financial fair play rules and we're, we're seeing now everton deal with points deductions we're seeing forest deal with that and there could be other penalties that they're going to be faced with as well so um clubs are and it's not just us i think around the world well around the in england are taking these financial fair play rules a lot more serious than they, than they had been and, and know now that there are consequences. So obviously if you give me the choice between signing a player and breaking these rules and not signing a player and not breaking the rules, I want us to stay on the, the, the right side of the, of the laws of the, of the sport. Um, but it's not like these are new rules they've been around now for a while you know like clubs need to understand like how to work within them and how to get get these deals done um so 
uh, Enzo, when we talk about kind of what happened with Rogers and we're talking about what happened with, you know, what's been going on now with, with Enzo. One thing I think that um, was so refreshing, especially early on in Enzo's reign, but, but still now is that he has a very clear vision for everything that he's trying to do. He has a very clear vision for how he wants to play football. And each one of our signings during the offseason had a specific purpose. There was a reason you can immediately see and tell what the reason was for signing each of those players. And we have a vision. We have a style. Uh, I don't want to lose that right now because we were kind of wandering through the wilderness um, there in the second half of, of Brendan's reign without that without any kind of identity now we're finally building one again and i think that's really important for for a club and for the culture uh, around the club as well definitely i just it's we've seen we saw earlier in the year the pab is called it the passive aggressive bench uh from enzo where he put multiple keepers on the bench now we saw on saturday at the pal the passive aggressive lineup we saw casey mcateer get put into the midfield uh what other sorts of creativity do you think we could look uh towards uh this season chris when it comes to trying to fill what what he wants to do because i'm with jason you know it's not like this is a player that you know if we didn't get cincy it because i had questions about how he would you know do in this league anyway with the aggressiveness and his injury history and i mean we certainly it's not a do or die transfer for us but you know you can't help but be disappointed a bit so i mean what do you think he does going forward as far as figuring this out more of the same or uh is he gonna try some new stuff i think it's more of the same i mean ultimately he's going to be judged by the success of the team this season so i think yeah uh, hopefully this is a line in the sand and we now have until may to figure things out on the business side of things there's going to be as jason points out there's going to be a hell of a lot of move there was a hell of a lot of movement last year there's going to be a hell of a lot of movement this summer with the amount of players that, again, are off contract. We're going to be dumping some big salaries. There's probably a good expectation that we might not sign many of those that are at the end of the contract. And so it's going to be a super busy summer. And I think the other thing to Jason's point, which is super interesting, is this idea of where do we sit in the financial fair play? I think one of the things that we're always, we know that we were, one of those teams, I think, was it last year or the year before that were flagged as, okay, you're pretty close to the line on FFP. And you've got to hope, to Jason's point, I think that we are doing this to make sure that we are sustainable. Because you look at teams like Forest now in their second season of being in the Premier League, who are struggling now because of the implications of spending a gazillion do gazillion dollars in the summer of the first season to try and get a squad going up. So hopefully what's happening behind the scenes, Matt, is a controlled look at the financing to put us in a position where we can invest in players in the summer and at the same time, as Jason points out correctly, be flexible within the limitations that FFP has. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably what's going on. But I mean, it's the players that keep performing on the field We've got to do that. We've got to push, get promoted so we can be in that situation. You know, uh, Top made a statement, you know, in the past, like last season, and, you know, there were notes in the um, 
I, I think more is always better than less when it comes to that, when it comes to transparency, when it comes to kind of, you know, re, um, restating your vision for the club and, um, you know, highlighting positives when there are some and, and, and not shirking away from, from negatives when they're around as well. So, um, you know, I, I, more transparency in that regard is, is going to be better than, than, um, you know, especially as we approach such a crucial time in, 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 in what will be such a crucial time in the club's history. When we look back at this, getting promoted this year is huge. And how we handle and uh, the, the summer transfer window is going to be massive because we, we, it's clear now that you can be a great side in this division, and it does not mean you're going to have an easy way, uh, easy run. Um, it, the, the, it's the dynamics have changed. We used to see that where teams would kind of run things in the championship, get promoted, and you could count on them to finish, you know, mid table. Look at Burnley this year. They didn't really strengthen their squad very much, but they kicked ass last year and they played some some silky, sexy football in their company. It's not like that this year. You have to go and you have to uh, you have to invest. And what, what hap- what's happening around the league is showing us that it's not easy to do that under the financial fair play rules. Uh, Forrest is learning that right now, and I mean, what a surprise! That a um, a club with an owner who has a controversy section longer than <laughs> the River Trent <laughs> has run afoul of, of some of these rules. Of uh, you know a club that was you know promoted in one of the shadiest playoff finals I've ever seen in my life when it came to how that game was officiated. You know suddenly now they're they're in hot water. I don't know. I guess I'm, you know, I'm as surprised as all of you. Well, with uh, between the, you know, fans that are upset, voices uh, being heard, and then the uh, transfer failure, I there was all sorts of reasons to be nervous heading into Saturday about what kind of performance we would see. And uh, God bless the boys. They put it, put all that to bed with just an absolutely dominating performance in the pouring down rain uh, at Stoke. I, it was just all you could have asked for. I, I thought it, there couldn't have been a better way for us to kind of shut everybody up and say, yeah, by the way, guys, we're still Lester and we're still going to run this fucking league. Two goals from the GOAT, two goals from Pats and Daka. So it was... Uh, very, very inspiring and, and good to watch and made for a great Saturday. Um, Chris, what I go start with you. What your your thoughts on the match? Didn't get to watch it with you. I know you had some stuff going on up in LA. Yeah, no, I'm watch watch the the 22 minute highlight courtesy of the club on the website. Um, yeah, really, really, really enjoy. I mean, we we asked. I think we were looking for a statement and we got one from the club from the team. Um, in terms of performances, it, it's just continued fantastic to see how aggressive we are in the final third. And I think what was great about this game was we, yes, two of them were penalties, but we we took some chances and we made a statement. And I think when you've, this is what, twice, with both the Swansea game and now the Stoke game, we've kind of brushed aside the loss at Cov and the draw at Ipswich. And now it's what, 
eight goals in two games, not conceded. I mean, yes, the 5-0 is a great result, but at the same time, and we might talk about it, that Mads double save is was absolutely incredible. I don't know how he does it, but um, yeah, heck of a performance by the boys. Um, one thing I really enjoyed was the just how quickly after the first goal we were onto him and how we could go bang, bang. I always love when you can go away from home and be aggressive in those situations, get an early goal and then continue to be on top of them. And I think when we can do that, it's always it's always a great thing to see. And so I think what we scored twice in just under five minutes. And that's always such a great thing to have when you're away from home. And the other thing I would just say in general, before you want to talk about some of the goals, um, that there was a lot of stuff said about the fan base on Tuesday night, but every single one of those Leicester fans that went away on Saturday was loud, was proud, did a did a fantastic job for the team. Wasn't a single soul that left. It looked like everybody was still there after the game. Kind of gave you those Palace away vibes from a few years ago where we wouldn't want to move. And so kudos to all of those lads and lasses that stuck it out in the middle of Stoke in the rain and the cold to cheer the boys on. I mean, honestly, I think that's unquestionably our best performance of the season. Uh, most goals we've scored since the nine, nothing against uh, Southampton, that famous game. Um, it was just, I mean, we've looked, we've looked, it was a complete performance and, and we've looked earlier in the year, there've been patches of just great football, but there's always been that let off or that just slight disappointment. Well, well, yeah, we looked great, but we didn't get the clean sheet, that kind of thing. Um, so it was just, amazing to see a complete performance and the trajectory that we're on right now guys it's it's no mistake we are heating up and this is the, the time of year that you want that to happen jason absolutely man 100 percent. it was um you know with everything that was kind of all the negativity around the transfer window and some of the, you know some some tough dropped points you know it it, it showed that like Enzo has these boys like believing in what he's doing. And this team is out here doing what they can to win games. And, um, you know, there have been talks about the style and how we're playing. I mean, to use that old sports cliche now from what Gladiator, like, are you not entertained? Like, what, what else? <laughs> we asked for you know out of that it was it was a great uh comprehensive performance uh there were a lot of big you know individual moments um some great team link ups um enzo makes his point puts casey mcateer out there as the number eight and mcateer scores a goal yeah. um there were a lot of people moaning all over twitter when the when the lineup was announced like why the hell is daca playing instead of cannon well, what does Daka do? Scores two goals. He's scoring <laughs> or better than a goal every 90 minutes right now. Like, what more can you ask for from your striker? All right, yeah. You know, Daka might trip over a ball in front of an empty net every now and then. But we score a shit ton of goals when he's in the lineup. He deserves to play. The guy is a hell of a player, especially at this level. So uh, we had a lot of fun uh, watching that one in New York. We had a big turnout. And uh, it just it felt good to to get there and to um, to see a, a win like that to hear in a way and you know backing the the side the way they were um, I think it you know it really kind of 
I got everyone going, I think, for this week, and it's got me so, so excited for, for next week, but we can get into that a little later. Yeah, for sure, man. I think you, you, just going down the line, I mean, player by player, like Walt Foss, you guys, that run that Walt Foss made. I mean, what, what do you say? What do you even say about that? Um, uh, James Justin had one of the best passes. Harry Winks was pat, the pat. I, it was just, you go down the line and we had performance after performance by guys that were just incredible. Um, and yeah, I can't, I can't help but be insanely stoked, Chris. Yeah, I mean, the other thing as well was the productivity we got off the bench. Having Vardy come on and grab a brace is exactly what you need at this time of the season. We were bemoaning at the beginning of the year, looking for our centre forwards to contribute more. And it felt like we were just getting goals from KDH in the midfield. And it was great to see that we were getting we're getting productivity now from the top end of the pitch. And if we can maintain that now through the remaining whatever games left, then no one's going to catch us. I mean, you've got that ultimate one-two now, haven't you? You've got Dakar who runs around for 60, 65 minutes, and then on comes Jamie Vardy, who if you sniff him a chance, he's still got the ability to smash it home. So, yeah, great. And as for the... Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is one of those things. I, I love love Valpass in this team because one of the things I think he, he does really quite well is switch to play. Really, I've talked about this before, but his ability sometimes with that pass that can switch from the left-hand side to the right-hand side has always been something that um, I think opens it up for us. And so, yeah, he's been a, he's been a great, great asset to this side. And, um, yeah. I think, too, uh, got to give a shout-out to Vitawu here because that headed-on ball that he put in through for Daka, you know, he could have had a go at that himself. And, do you think and... he'd meant that? Do you, do you think, like... I'm pretending to say he okay. did. I, I he did. I'm saying he did. Okay, good. I have to rewatch it. But uh, yeah, I think you know that just it, it, and if he didn't mean it, then that kind of throws my theory into completely. No, I like it, Matt. I love it. Optimism, buddy. Optimism. In my, Keep in, my in my brain, uh, he's just worried about the team there, trying to get that ball over to him. Um, I go ahead, Jason. Uh, yeah, and about Fatawa too. This was um, this is an important game for him. Because we've seen when he's had setbacks, you know, um, he and there are moments where he feels like he has to do everything. And I was wondering how he was going to come out and play. And it was a pretty mature performance. Like he didn't just try to be the hero and do everything. And he kind of let the game come to him when it was appropriate. It got his teammates involved. And I thought, you know, had had a really steady, good game uh, on the wing. And, um, you know, I think folks, you know, need to remember even, you know, we we lost to um, to Cove, but we did so without one of the best wingers in the league playing for half of that game because he was sent off over down a man. We didn't get the points, you know, all three points gets Ipswich, but we, again, had to do that against one of the better sides in the league without one of the best wingers in the league. And, and now Fatal was back, and it makes us more of a complete team, and it gives us options. And, you know, we have players like Casey McAteer that have shown they can slot in and play play somewhere else on the pitch. And we, you know, when you have talent like that, um, it makes it a lot easier for other players to slot into positions where they may not be 
as comfortable because you've got someone so good next to you taking care of, of, of their role. Yeah, I think, too, one of the things about Harry, Harry Winks, I wanted to shout out him. He does that thing where, you know, he'll hit a ball and you're like, where the fuck is that thing going? And then all of a sudden a player just comes into the space and it's like, OK, I'm so sorry, Harry, forever doubting you. I, he's doing that more and more. And I just you just you never know with him. The kid's vision is just incredible. I feel like we haven't. Early in the season, we were singing all of his praises after QPR and and things like that. But I feel like we've we might have dropped down on the praise. So I definitely want to throw in some more for Winksy because he's still getting it done for us, guys. I think I think that's a really important point, Matt. And um, who knows where we are this year without him? And and, yes. and also another example of a, a clear vision of the type of player profile we needed. Uh, and and some some excellent recruitment there because there yeah. were a lot of people man like before he kicked the ball for us like just looking at that transfer being like what the hell is this this is ridiculous and all winks has done this season is prove that he has been a perfect signing really was a perfect signing i mean when you look at the redemption arc of Leicester city and the redemption arc of a player like Harry Winks trying to make a name for himself. is just a masterclass, which I think is some of the thing that's so frustrating with this fucking front office that can pull something like that off a signing like that off and a signing like Tawa off. But then this shit happens and it's a reminder of just what that, I don't know. Maybe he just can't work during in the right, season. Matt, I'm, I'm going to give you a glass half full on this one. Okay. Look at the mess that the January transfer window was last season. Yep. And maybe we just thought That's what to I'm ourselves, saying. you know what? Let's just, we're top of the league. Let's just play it out and wait until the summer. That might be the glass half full version of this. Like maybe we do have a plan and we'll see could, it come June and July. <laughs> could be. And I mean, you can, the more you do research into it, I know I jumped onto the, the inner uh, Reddit thread and i was reading on there and that was a pretty unique perspective as well because they had a lot of <laughs> i'll say naysayers but of, of their own club but they're they were saying you know oh why would lester have done this you know why would they pay 2.5 million if they really wanted they can cut have him on a free you know this was they were pissed at their front office for messing it up so i thought that was an interesting perspective as well to see that they had you know apparently had thought that they were going to get this done and, and it didn't happen. Well, I think, I think uh, Rick Flair on the big strong Leicester boys podcast, put it really nicely, right? Leicester don't really sign free players. <laughs> We've yeah. not really, I don't think we did it for a while. I don't think it's so, <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it was, yeah. I really, really, really thought, um, look, I, we talked in the last podcast, myself and Jim, like the demons of Stoke away, and in a weird way, it did feel like some of those we quashed on Saturday and some of that fear of going to the Britannia Stadium or whatever, Bet365 or now whatever it's called, um, has gone because it was such, to your point, Matt, such an emphatic performance. And another thing, we only got stronger throughout the game, which is awesome to see as well. Like Sometimes, especially in the, some of the games like the Ipswich game, um, we we kind of stepped off the gas a little bit, but we were just on their throat, on their throat, on their throat. And that was obviously kind of 
related back to the goals that we scored later on, but um, that was really good to see as well. Well, just a word of just please the media department next time that Stoke come to play us, let's not show highlights of the five nothing win like we did of the nine nothing over Southampton when they finally came to visit us at the KP because that didn't work, did not well, work it, very it well. It could be a while until we have to yeah, worry about oh, that. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. And Chris, I understand you got to go, buddy. So go ahead and get out of here. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, our wonderful co host down in Texas, though. Mr. Jim Harris, he could not be with us at all tonight, but he did record a little something, his thoughts on the game. So I wanted to play that for you. Hey, guys. Sorry I can't join tonight, but just wanted to drop a quick note to talk about the game at the weekend. What an imperious 5-0 victory away at Stoke. You know, if we can do it on a wet Saturday afternoon in Stoke, then we can do it anywhere, right? Haha. <laughs> anyway. Really was a great performance. I think really showed our quality in class and just the the goals from Daka and you know McAteer set it off for the start. Daka with a, a brace, you know, getting getting the first goal and getting the penalty, and then the goat finishing it off and rounding it out with a you know an injury time penalty to make it even the cherry on the cake was fantastic. A little bit worried about you know, what happened in the transfer window, but not too too worried as other people are about the whole Sensi thing. Look, it didn't work out. We already wanted him. I think Enzo was really keen on the guy, but didn't think it would play out at the end. And um, he can, hopefully Enzo's not too pissed off and he doesn't want to leave and he's, he's, he's fully behind the team. It sounds a bit like he is a bit more after the post-match interview. Than Thursday's press conference, but hopefully we'll see. And um, onwards and upwards, 11 points clear at the top, so that's pretty fantastic as well. Not at all boring, so definitely people were listening to our podcast last week and thinking about it, and um, hopefully we've got to kick on again this next weekend at Watford. Looking forward to that, that trip as well. Cheers, guys. Take care. Um, work awaits for me, unfortunately. Bye-bye. A big thank you to Jimmy Harris for sending that over to us. Always appreciate uh, his insights on the match. And yeah, he pretty much sounded exactly like uh, the three of us. Classic, balanced, knowledgeable take from Mr. Harris, as <laughs> always. And um, yeah, no, I think he you know, was right on about a lot of it. Um, you know, we went on uh, for a bit about the, the transfer window and everything that's going on. But at the end of the day, like, did not have any impact on the team's performance, which is extremely encouraging. And um, hopefully adds a little bit more to Chris's kind of half full take uh, towards the end there. Um, so uh, I think sometimes um, in situations like this, it's... Um, it's always important to remind yourself what would Jim do? <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, too. You, and so in the summer, when he first came in, we, we did get quite, you know, a nice transfer window of players that he wanted. Uh, Tom Cannon specifically comes to mind as a player that despite the injury, uh, he was a striker that Enzo wanted and Enzo got. So hopefully have a bit of goodwill there uh, as well built up and he's not too upset. 
Um, did also want to, we got finally got a video through from our boy at the ground, the man at the match, Mr. Ollie McLean. He sent in a video with his thoughts on the Stoke match as well. Hey, US Foxes, hope all is well. Um, yeah, what a, what a day yesterday was. Still on a, a bit of a high after it, to be honest with you. It was just, it was phenomenal. Stoke nil Leicester five, just five star, proper five star performance it was. Um, so good to see Vards getting on the score sheet twice, despite one being a penalty. But that that first goal was just oh my god, that was beautiful. The ball from Winks to JJ and that ball into the box was just perfect. It really was. <sighs> yeah, unbelievable man. Um, and a way day to remember for sure. A first trip to Stoke, one to remember. Um, shout out to the uh, to the best in the game, the Clarkies, Nat and Paul, who made yesterday possible, who make most of my way days possible. Good as gold they are, absolute legends. Uh, I know you saw them on the uh, on the TV, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just loving this season, every single game. Oh my god, I just, yeah, can't wait for Saturday against Watford. Um, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Um, yeah, what, a good away end as well. Really good away end. Um, yeah, like, like I say, I'm just buzzing, absolutely buzzing for every single game. Um, still top of the league, sitting nice and pretty at the top. Can't ask for much more than that, really. Up the bastard blues. Come on, boys. Ollie getting us excited for the match Saturday at Watford. And I know that he will be joined by your lovely face, Jason, and uh, also by your brother, Ryan. Are you excited? What, you got the bags packed already? You get, get ready to go? How's the preparation going? Oh, man. Haven't packed yet, but I'm uh, absolutely buzzing um, for this one. Um, really grateful and, and very lucky to to be able to get tickets for for Wofford. It has not an easy game to to get tickets for. It's a small um small allocation, uh, but Saturday has got me really jazzed up and and really just raring to go. Um, because you know I'm I'm, I'm glad getting an away trip in. I always tell everyone when you fly over, get to an away and do whatever you can to get to one. Um, uh, and and this season, you know the the away ends have said, sounded so great. So I'm glad we're getting that in. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. We're flying overnight, landing on Saturday and going to the game. So I doubt I'll do much <laughs> sleeping on, on the way over. It's going to be pure adrenaline as we get through uh, through that day just outside of London. Um, but um, I, I, I seriously cannot wait. And uh, to We're going to do that game. We're going to do uh, Wednesday at home on Tuesday. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Borough Bur- home as well. So an, a nice good trip and with plenty of time spent uh, in Leicester too. That's that we've it's been overdue. Ah, oh, that's great, man. I can't wait to uh, hear all about it and uh, follow along uh, 
vicariously through you and through your uh, social media posts. You guys are going to have a blast. Um, and yeah, I can confirm the away end, guys. He is telling the truth. You got to get over for an away end. It is like nothing else in the world. And hey, man, who, who, you also get to do Super Bowl uh, Sunday in Leicester. So uh, what? you can't beat that. Well, you know what? The last time I was over for Super Bowl Sunday in Leicester was um, the year we won the Premier League. So maybe it's a good okay. sign. So eight eight years ago today, the day we're recording, I was at the Man City game. Um, earlier that week, went to, to Liverpool <laughs> home. Went to you know saw the Vardy volley, then you know went to Man City, and um, spent uh, you know. A, Went there and then uh, spent the Sunday night in Leicester. Oh, why did I try to remember where we went to go watch the Super Bowl? I mean, it's a late kickoff. Yeah. But I was surprised. I think it was the only American in the place. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the, it was packed. It had, like, yeah. a, yeah. a theater-style seating for, for the game, man. And people were into it. So, um, curious to, to see what, it's, what the experience is going to be like eight years on from now. And if, you know, at the, at the game only seems to have gotten bigger out there, but we are not going out there for American football. We are going out there for the right. football club. That will be the priority for the trip. It is always kind of surreal though. When I talk to like a huge British NFL fan, it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme where you're just pointing exactly. Spider-Man's pointing at it, you know, the other one, because it really is the exact opposite of what we do over here, but it's the same thing at the same at the same time it's just they they're they stay up late and you know we get up early uh for our love so that's that's always something cool i love uh you know checking out the culture that surrounds the nfl in the uk and uh also in germany that shit is fucking huge in germany the nfl is massive over there yeah i guess with all the american service you know folks that are, that are stationed in germany it's helped with that but you know, make a good point and someone had sent me um a video from a Cleveland Browns fan um, in the, in the UK, and my first thought about it was to respond and say, "Is that the equivalent of me being a Leicester <laughs> fan?" So um, I, I'd be curious that you know, and uh, for any of our our listeners from uh, the other side of the pond, you know, what your takes are on on us kind of finding Leicester, not you know, Matt and I not necessarily having family roots there, uh, and 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 going getting you know growing to become you know such big fans over the years so i uh, just you know interested interested i would always you know if there are any listeners out there who have uh, any particular takes on the matter uh like to like to hear what you think about it i know we've talked to uh, a friend of the pod chris he's a big um cowboys fan um and you know we have a few here and there that are um but yeah it's it's cool because you know as soon as you hear about their various stories of why they like them or, or something like that. It, it's always something unique, especially, you know, when you're talking to you and I, who <laughs> we follow this club because of a bald guy from Washington. So it's, it's unique to hear the origin stories. I have to say, man, like I'm always so impressed with how knowledgeable um, British fans are of the American sports, the ones who do follow, like people really seem to get it and like know what's happening, understand the game. And um, most of the time when I am talking to um, folks over from England who are fans of let's like NHL, hockey, um, basketball, baseball, football, whatever, American football, whatever it is, 
you know, I sometimes think like, oh, I wish we had a few more of you over watching the games instead of some of the <laughs> folks that we have in indoor stadiums these days. <laughs> so true, man. So true. Well, guys, uh, as we said, Watford on Saturday, New York Foxes, well, a couple of them will be in attendance, bringing uh, the good vibes, bringing the football factory juju all the way over there. Uh, Watford sitting right now in 11th place. Uh, they've got 10 wins on the season, nine losses. So just kind of middle in there between Preston and Burrow. So definitely not a team to sleep on. We definitely have our histories with them uh, and not a game to take lightly. No, uh, I guess if there is uh, another sign of encouragement there is that they had to play an FA Cup replay today uh, and to get spanked Good by, by Southampton. So hopefully morale is down a little bit there and hopefully some of their legs are a little bit tired as well going into this game while we have a full week to rest. Awesome. So, yeah, guys, we will be, uh, if you're on the West Coast near San Diego, come join us at the Blue Foot. It is a 7 a.m. kickoff. And if you are in New York City, go join the New York Foxes for a 10 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> Let's do that math. Uh, go join New York Foxes. They still will be there despite Jason being over there. Jordan will have the show going. Uh, if you're in Rochester, New York, join those guys up there. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and so on and so on. Find your local chapter and join up. Uh, did want to give a quick update on the ladies. They lost a tough one to Manchester City, uh, two nothing, and uh, still sitting in in seven points clear of the of the drop zone. And they've got a, another one coming up this Saturday, an FA Cup Women's match against Birmingham at uh, four a.m. on the West Coast, seven a.m. East Coast. So, if you want to pop on that FA Cup player or FA player and and watch and support the women, uh, you should definitely do that before our match. Uh, the men's match on Saturday. Uh, but on that note, guys, anything else, Jason, anything that you want to hit on before uh, we send them off and send you off uh, to Lesta? Um, yeah, just to say, you know, I, I'm really looking forward forward to the trip. And, um, you know, if anyone uh, who's listening uh, on the other side of the pond wants to meet up, I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to make that happen. We're going to spend a decent amount of time in, in Leicester. So, love to 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 see one or if you if you hear a guy with uh who sounds like he's you know from new york and has a constant cold it's me and uh you know don't be afraid to come up and say hi um on that note i think that will do it for this edition of the u.s foxes podcast thank you as always for joining us it does mean the world to have you with us every week as we discuss our favorite thing in the world lesser city football club so from Central Park to Bradgate Park, we will see you next time on the U.S. Boxes Podcast. Cheers, guys. <laughs>